I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition, and we're back with another episode of the MYFD podcast. And you know what? I say it every time, and I tell y'all that I say it every time, but that's because these guests are really special to me. Uh, this guy, this guy, this uh, Baba Impu has been a source of wisdom, right? Uh, so much so that Tekken owes him some money right now. There's been some copyright infringement on his likeness. They came out with the character Leroy Smith, like, and that is literally who Baba Impu is. He is the uh, Kung Fu sage black man of wherever he is. Um, so what's going on, Baba Impu? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, Baba. Yeah, I, I did feel swagger jacked by that. I, I, I came front. <laughs> I'm going to put up a picture uh, on the Instagram so people can see it. Like, it, they really did. You know, you know, so I, I even may try and find something that, to get to you because it was a trip. I was at the, uh, the, the Comic-Con mm. in my regular, regular dress. And, do, and when I had my locks, right, because that's that's what y'all got to understand. I had locks before. Right. And dude is like, are you cosplaying? And I'm like, no. He said, you know the Tekken? I said, yes, yeah, dude, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so, you know, Cats was cracked. You know, he was recently like, oh, I didn't see anybody do that yet. That's dope. I see I, I see you cosplaying. I'm like, no. 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 <laughs> this is no, not a cosplay. Swagger jack me, dog. I, I'm, I, right. Now I'm, I'm about to holler at him about my IP, about my look. Just... It, even the um the storyline was amazing though. Yes. They they acted as though they really didn't swagger jack several um martial arts masters that we know um from the hood, which is yeah. you gotta really go back and look at it. So we we're touching on the basis. Um Baba Impu is actually, I'm not sure of your title, but the chosen chosen martial art uh that you're an instructor of is Tai Chi Chuan. I just want mm-hmm. Yang style. All right. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How'd you get started in martial arts and um, what benefit has martial arts um, and Montu arts for those? If you know, you know. Yeah. Right. All right. So it has it had in your life. Well, I was having this discussion with my son who he was saying, you know, Baba, I'm a lifelong martial artist. I'm like, dude, you're 11. <laughs> but 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 the tribute I mean is true, but he's 11. You know, and he's like, and I've been doing longer than you. I said, no. I said, I, I so I learned I learned boxing from one of my maternal uncles. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, not like formal boxing. It's like neighborhood boxing, dirty boxing, that old step on your shoe and slip the shoulder around, keep it in, you know, how you do right. so those things from uh really that we brought from West Africa. Mm. You know, my family hails from rural, rural Louisiana and before that parts of uh, the, the South Carolina. So we're going to have some of that spill through and continue. And that was after he came back from Vietnam. And from there, you know, basically I was just, you know, Kung Fu movies, you play around and do all that stuff. And that formal training, I was a, a, a member of what's known as a Horitora or the Southern Japanese Karate Association from like 14 to about 1617 mm. with uh, Sensei Nat Moore. 
who was now based out of, uh, I think out of like greater Phoenix area. And then I met my teacher, young master, Amen, in college in 1989 and i've been studying you know with him and with our teacher uh you know heady kafirandongo peace be upon him you know since since then and I, i've been doing you know yang style tai chi tuan and combat first off let me let me clarify because a lot of folks combat we fight you know it's not a just i mean we do heat it's healing it's therapeutic it's spiritual cultivation and development but we fight too we we uh we we teach you how to use your hands because you have to know how it, it applies in real life, particularly if you want to heal. No, I definitely you know? agree with that. Yeah, so so agree. so with that, I also I learned uh, qigong. I learned our. Uh, I was also initiated into. At that time, it was a comedic temple called the Temple of the White and Gold Lotus Shrine of Amun Ra. Mm. where I also learned some other, other things related to the healing techniques. So I, I've been doing that a long time. And I, uh, while I was there, according, as I improved, you know, we, there was a, some, uh, an AIDS healing community in Brooklyn in Red Hook Projects. Mm. And so they had a clinic there where they were helping folks to get their diet better and get their using a process called, now it's called uh, SAHEM is what it was called then, but self-applied health enhancement methods. Was this in the- uh, It was in the 90s. I was just going to say, okay, so Red Hook in the 90s. Yes, so I was, you know, so I was teaching, you know, uh, basically Tai Chi Chuan yoga, uh, meditation techniques, uh, hand, not hand, but uh, acupressure, massage, those sort of techniques for people who were uh, HIV positive. In Red Hook, and then I came back to Los Angeles, and I started doing that work with uh, the H Project Los Angeles down at uh, Drew Drew University. Okay, nice. nice. So I so I did that, you know, and I don't know how far you want me to go to the you know the Tai Chi Chuan here in LA, you know, Los Angeles, California is where I'm based, but you know, we were putting it down, you know, and then so our community evolved, and so now we got the you know the logo update to the Comedic Aha and Smile Association. Boom. And you know, I love this my, logo, by the way. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. This is a great work. His assistant named uh, Michelle Taboo, who's mm. an amazing graphic designer, you know, a fellow, uh, uh, you know, uh, journey, journey along the path. Un- understood. Understood. You know, and so she had, she understood the use of color. Uh, and I was able to, I mean, I, he- I remember I heard you and uh, your, your partner were talking about graphic design and use of font so it's a custom font that right. we, that she created and the use of what i told her was here are the colors i want mm. here's the general shape i want and then because being a, a former artist and creative with her is like make it happen and she's like for real i'm like yeah I, I know what it's like here's what i want here's what i'm looking for make it happen bring me the magic you know <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm glad you say that because that is exactly how i work with other creatives right yes um, I think the worst thing that we can do, and this is just a slight offshoot into branding. You know, we always got to talk business on the podcast. But um, um, whenever you get a creative to do work for you, if you're not giving them creative freedom, you're not getting their best work. No, you're shackling them. Right. This was really happening. And for me, particularly as a, someone who really grasps the essence, I want to soak up the essence of Tai Chi Chuan or the essence of 
what my ancestors taught coming out of Africa and doing that, you know, you want to allow people their space, that room to move and manipulate. If I put you in a box, all you're going to be able to do is what's in the box. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> right. The, the first thing that popped into my, my head was uh, Brad Pitt. What's in the box? <laughs> you know, and unless you've been hanging out with Schrodinger, you know, you're not going to be able to feel like, you know, well, I could change what's in the box because it could be a cat, but it's not going to be a cat until we look at the box. It's right. going to be, you know, you know, so I'm with that, but everybody's not on that plane. Everybody's not in that space where they could make it be what it needs to be. Listen, I'm in, in, what are we, a couple minutes in? Right, uh, something like that. Where we just... <laughs> yeah, but, but you've gone you've gone deep, and you've said a lot of things in a couple minutes. So for for those who don't know, um, Schrodinger's cat is an experiment that defines the rule of uh, quantum physics that that which is observed changes the possibility of what can happen. Right. Yes. So it, that. Man, you going in? You going in already, Baba? I mean, you asked me to be here. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm here. I'm locked in. I'm ready. All right, all right. So, uh, one of the things, um, I definitely wanted to share with the audience, um, is, you know, how you've impacted me, right? So, I remember, I want to say a couple years back. I can't remember what year it was, uh, because this is going on six years that we've known each other. Um, yeah, yeah. So, probably about four years ago. 7 a.m. class at Lulu, uh, oh, Lulu Washington. Yes, Lulu Washington's yes. dance theater. Um, as we're doing Tai Chi, you sit us all down, you pull out the books, right? Yes. And Baba Impu has a collection of what has to be some of the oldest books that I've ever seen. <laughs> when I tell y'all these are the oldest books that I've ever seen, I'm pretty sure he has my grandma's grandma's books. <laughs> Right. Um, and he pulls out this one book. I believe it was um, Asian in origin. Uh-huh. And you pulled out this quote and this quote has impacted me for a number of years. It's not that it's the first time I've heard it, but it's the first time that somebody has sat down and explained it to me. And that was the. Don't cast your pearls before a swan. Oh. Right. And I know you remember because we've had a couple of conversations about that. Uh, yeah. Me and my, my own, um, you know, my desire to help everybody and everything and having to come back around to that, that, that pearl of wisdom that you gave me, not to cast my pearl before, before a swine. Could you teach our audience a little bit about that? Why shouldn't they give their gifts to those who are undeserving? All right. First off, let me let's just unpack the, the, the elements. So the pearl. See, most folk now think of pearl as, you know, being this cultured pearl. These, first off, back in the day, pearls were uncultured. You had to, you had to go get the pearls. Mm. OK. And so in order to go get the pearl, you had to go where the oysters or the clams or whatever medium you're using to, to, get, to find the pearl. So first off, and that happens naturally. So you got to find a place where that is and you got to dive. So there needs to be a specialist. First off, just in diving. Because people got a free dive mm-hmm. to get the pearls. Right. Okay. So now when they come up, you know, depending on their value, their size, there's other sorts of things, you know, you have them. So you get them. So now it takes a lot of work just to be able to go down and get the pearl. Cause you got to watch the, you got to watch where your oysters are, that whole piece. 
got to make sure the water is right and all these other things, elements of the ocean that have to be right or the river, depending on whether it's fresh water or salt water. And that matters. Okay, so now you get that. And this is a precious object. It takes a long time for pearls to cultivate. Usually it could take, you know, up to a year to three years, depending on how big you want them to get. Right. So you can so you find it, you find your spot and keep it away from other folks and you get it and you bring it up. And now this is a, this is a real tangible value, intrinsic value. Gotcha. Okay, because it's something over time that has accrued. It's, right. it's just natural and it's rare. They're rare. They're hard to get. So now you, we get that. And now let's talk about people that keep swine. You know, understand that swine eat anything you put before them. Trash, mud, dead people, shit. What, what, yeah, whatever it is, you know, excrement, what, whatever. So now, Olympics. I have, on the other hand, a, what I consider a fairly refined palate. You know, I can eat like, oh, you use, um, was it, is that nutmeg I'm tasting in that and a little cinnamon and some vanilla? Oh, okay, right. We could talk about pearls. I have an appreciation for what I take in. Mm. If you just like, just give it here, just give it to me, just give it to me. I'm, I just need, I need sustenance. Just, I just want to wolf it down, have it hot. If actually, it don't even have to be hot. Can we start the heating process while it's going? Let it cook and digest at the same time in my stomach. That would be ideal. It's like, so you really don't care? No, okay, it's fine. <laughs> Don't care, whatever it is, I just want enough to, you know, now they'll, they, again, if ain't nothing but excrement, they'll eat that. If there's other stuff that they eat, they'll eat that too. They have preferences, but, you know, they like, they really don't care. Right. If I'm hungry, I got the choice. It's like, I'm not going to do that. I'll just wait. When you cast your pearl before swine, what that's really saying is you want your hard work and your effort and all the things that you have done with this rare object that you're going to give it to someone and they don't care. Baba, they just want to consume. Can I tell you how I've been doing that with my business and with my, my services for, for some time now. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I know it, you know, for those who have seen me over time uh, within the past year, you've probably seen my niche change a couple of times, mm-hmm. but it's really based off of that one principle. I realized that, oh, I'm undercharging. I'm not doing the, I'm, I'm not putting all of the stuff together so that they can understand the value. Mm-hmm. So now when I, I schedule, they're missing the meeting and just going, hey, can we just reschedule? So I don't know you like that. Right. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's one thing if I hit you up and go, Baba, can we reschedule? you know I'm going to be on there versus somebody who is reaching out to me for a service. You want to get your business together. And then it's, Oh, can I, I need to reschedule. I got, I got a math class. I'm sorry. I thought we were on the same page. Right. I thought we were out here trying to go make some things happen. Right. You still in the classroom. Okay, so that I, when I say Baba, that that one phrase, not to cast your pearls before swine, has been monumentous in me leveling up as an entrepreneur. 
me realizing that you know what it is this behind the scenes work it's getting the blog done for the blog uh for the podcast it's make sure the graphics is correct and then when somebody comes to me and they go oh well you know how much for this this is the price right oh, well, can i get uh can i get this for free i'm sorry Ooh, what free yeah free what is free right you what understand is, what, that what even, is free sunshine ain't free baba in this day and age the 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 information that people think they're getting for free they're trading their personal information for which is some of the most valuable information yes yes mm. i mean i i, I you know Free is hard, and I tell people because my classes I call them reasonable. But people, you know, when they try to work with me, they say, "Well, are you free on these?" I said, no, "I'm never free. I'm reasonable, and I can tell you when I'm available. Mm. I'm never free." Okay, let's get let's get that straight. Unless we're talking about the status of my people, then my goal is even still we we working to be free. Mm. You know, we're trying to reclaim our humanity in the course of liberation. That's a whole whole different conversation. But in this space, go ahead, sir. Oh, no, no, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, I'm saying, you know, my, you know, what I really want to be able to do is like I'll have clients that, so, you know, they'll want, uh, you know, life counseling or life coaching kind of things. And someone will call me and they'll be like, well, yeah, okay, well, here's the, well, but what is it going to cost? I said, well, first off, I don't know what you need help with. So we're going to go through, we'll do, you know, we'll do an intake. So you're not going to charge me for this. I said, look, it's not about, I said, look, I come from an African space, first off, so let's get that straight, that, you know, this is more family-based, you need to have an understanding of, not that you're not going to get charged, look, I said, and and I would remind people, let's take this back to the Montu Arts Martial Arts, I said, my teacher never charged me, but what I got without charge, mm. I have paid for with my life as you said that I, I started to shiver before you said it because you know. I, I remember the the first time that I had a um a martial artist right a martial arts teacher um was me and my best friend that passed away last year right okay. rest yeah. in power to Tarzan love that brother yeah. we walked into a taekwondo studio and we begged this guy to train us right and <laughs> We didn't have any money. Right. Just come through and teach the kids. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Um, as I got older, there's been times where, you know, as you know, I've been training for years. And there's been points in my training where I could not afford to break bread with my teacher. Right. Um, and my teacher not give a damn. Right? Right. I mean, we're all the way up in uh, Sacramento. And he's sliding me $20 on the slick so nobody has to saving me the embarrassment mm -hmm. um so when you said it they, they are things that you get for free but it also came with that the duty yes right what needs to be paid back is that i teach that i go out into the world that i i be a good person and i put some positivity back in the world because that's what he did for me so it does cost something and everything costs something yes but I guess what people need to realize is you don't set the cost. 
Oh, bro, if somebody had told me I'd be teaching people Tai Chi and yoga and helping people get their lives together in the way that I do these days, I would be like, you on that shit. <laughs> you, on that shit. you know, that's not what I, that's not what I, I want to do. What I want, I mean, I wanted to help people, but not like, uh, I mean, I don't like being close to people. I'm a share and, and we close, you know, but yeah. it's like, I had to change the person that I was because of this art. Mm. I had to grow in ways that I was uncomfortable with. And none of that came. That's the leveling up that you talk about, right? Like when I became an instructor, I learned, oh, I'm not going to get better if I don't get close to people. Oh, this sucks. Bob, this sucks. <laughs> Listen, name, name one martial art that you get better at just by throwing the punches and kicks and ear. You got to make contact with something. No, I feel you with that. But again, Tai Chi is all about the intimacy. Mm. Okay, it's like, again, when I move, I'm moving towards you. It's around you, but it's towards you. It's, it's shifting the angles, but I'm doing it to get closer to you. Okay. So I have a question, Baba. Yes, sir. You mentioned leveling up, right? Yeah. Um, And, you know, in... in Episode 11, I had a, a sex coach and an intimacy coach on here. Uh, not sure if you caught that up episode. Yeah, yeah. With, um, right. And we both had this admission that we had both gone through the uh, the pathways of being side pieces, spouses and hoes. Right. And we, we both admitted that very honestly. Uh-huh. Right. So in that leveling up, you know, you know, she admitted that her desired role was what what is perceived to be the highest level, which is the wife. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. So my question is, where did you level up from, Baba? What, what does your what does your gutter look like and what does your peak look like? OK, so that that's not a, a really a, a fair question, but I'm, I'm going to respond this way that because uh, I didn't I was. um. I grew up knowing who I was and where my family came from. I grew up in a place where everyone knew who I was. So there was no gutter that I could actually really give you. So actually there is, but I'll I'll come back to that. Okay. So um, growing up anyways, you know, all of us growing up in hip hop are recovering misogynists. So there were things that I had to, I had to manage and work through and deal with. And homophobes. I I admitted that a couple uh, okay. Yeah. I was, I didn't come from that space. No, you know, that, that wasn't, that wasn't, I didn't have that as an, I had an older cousin, uh, from, like one of my mom's family on, on her side, who was, uh, who was gay that I was around. So it was like, it wasn't, um, I didn't have any issue with that, but we'll come back to that too. Gotcha. Cause my, my, you know, my direct, uh, instructor is a leading th- uh, thought leader in the, in the LGBTQ community, you know, is very strong on, in the bi community. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so I've, I've been around those communities for a while, but my gutter didn't come till I was in my 30s, we'll say, after my first marriage and divorce. And even in that, and this is what I have to say, is that when you are put on this earth to shine, wherever you go, you're going to shine. So I was in a place where, uh, see, now we would call it uh, sex work, but it wasn't sex work. It was, a well, I wouldn't, but folks do. I was hanging out with some strippers. And I was uh, single and like a side dude to this uh, particular sister. And 
she gave me some of the best advice about my life that I had, you know, at the time I was working for a government agency and she's like, you know, you need to, you need to just leave down. You know, you're a million dollar nigga. Hey, <laughs> I don't, I don't use that word lightly, but it was in the environment that I was. And in that environment, I began to like review strip clubs and, and dancers. And I was becoming a, a known person in the community. around. So that's my gutter. And even there, I would run into the strippers and these sisters would be like, why are you here? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're not hard on the eyes. You have a job. You're, you're single. Why are you here? Why are you here with us? And I'm like, well, why are you here? You know, you got a real estate business. You got a business. <laughs> why are you here? You know, and so we then had, you know, and that that led to a different place. I can answer that because I had a stripper ask me the same question one time. I, and I don't frequent strip clubs. It, it's no, I mean, not anymore. Right. It's, you know, not anymore. Well, but yeah, you know, for me, it's a little different. Um, you know, I, I had a couple of older brothers put a bag on me and it's like, man, that's tricking. So so I don't I still got a little bit of that. But um, yeah, she was she ba- she same thing right why are you here right like you're not bad looking you could go do this you don't got a girlfriend um and again freshly divorced right so yep. when asked a question i i think it's easy to answer that question why because i like sensual things and naked women well but for me it was a whole different place now we see we were there for different reasons feel me even though I like that, again, you got to remember the internet's full of them. Mm. So, so it's not, it's not, that's not, that's not what it is. Okay. So what it is, is there is a level of intimacy. Mm. There is a level of interaction that you have value for. However, we can also acknowledge that in the strip club, this is an illusion. Yes. None of this is real. Not. And so when I, pay my money and all that there's a meter nobody's offended nobody's bothered and i'm like i'm here healing what you mm. are doing is helping me because i still see you as my sister i still see you as a sacred expression of the creator even though this is the context within which society may not see you you're still my sister i'm not gonna let no brother call you out your name in here okay so all right. So cats will be in there. Oh, yeah, these bitches, what? Who? Not here? That's your sister. That's your cousin. No, and I'm not saying literally, so you, not, not to make it nasty, but that if you got to look at these, these are our sisters. No, no, I, I definitely. And, you know, saying, so they, they're not bitches. Mm. They're not hoes. You, you know what's interesting is um, <clears throat> a lot of, I, I guess, what what comes up and why those things come up for a lot of men is that they look at things that people do out of circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and men who are operating out of circumstance should have a better understanding of this, i.e. if you've ever been homeless or, you know, you had to put the, put the pedal to the ground and, and hit a lick, you know, yeah. however you want to turn it. Um, and that's the beauty in what you said. And part of the reason that I really identify with what you said as well was, um, you know, I discovered a couple, I want to say about 
nine years ago, sat down with aunts and my mom and everybody admitted that uh, we call it a, in Barbados, we call it picking fierce. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. That's, that's what we call it in Barbados. We call it picking fierce. And, um, you know, it was enlightening to, to see that, you know, these women that I know have lives of their own. They were people, right. That interacted with men that were probably just like me. And then that's when I started to go, you know what? I could chill out a bit. I, I, I could probably chill, chill with the, um, any, any sense of um, disdain mm-hmm. uh, with a woman for, for the things that she does. Actually, I don't think I had it before. I'm a very non-jealous person. but Exactly. And, you know, for me, that was my space, right? And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm here to heal. It ain't about, see, well, if I was at a club, a regular club, and I'm hanging out, the boundaries ain't clear. Mm. They're not clear. So even even if I like you and I'm enjoying the conversation, I buy you a drink. I don't want nothing from you. And I'm working to be clear. I don't want nothing from you. However, if we hanging out and we talking at the end of the night, many sisters are going to feel like I I owe him a number. I owe him a dizzy. You don't owe me shit. I don't want nothing from you. I enjoyed the time we had peace. Okay, so now I get a better understanding of what you mean when you said healing, because, you know, I am in my 30s. I did go through a divorce about three years ago, so I understand which portion you're healing that um, that image that you have with women and that relationship that you have with women and how you relate to women. Would you say that was the purpose? That was a good deal of it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was that plus the fact that I don't think that was the first time I had ever been rejected. Mm. And there were certain things that uh, you could look at in terms of there were things that I wanted that I needed to know how to express. You know, I want this or I don't like that. And a very safe and healthy way to do that is right there at the strip club. I like it when you do that. Don't do no more of that. Can you do that, please? That right there. You know, and I learned some things about myself that um, I would not have learned otherwise. Okay. You know, and actually it has helped me everywhere I go. You know, just real, real clear. That's you know, so- and it's also hard because a lot of people that meet me and be like, you know, you seem kind of bookish, kind of nerd-like. I'm like, hey, don't let the smooth taste fool you. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I come from a family, and, and just because, you know, I got, you know, cousins that was pimps, cousins that sold uh substances to people that were uh, in had ghetto needs you know i'm not that wasn't me and that's what i mean so when you say what was my gutter it, it it's uh it's tough because i would be in places and people were like dudes you don't belong here you know you need to leave get up out of here <laughs> you, you know mom and them you can't be over here you know gone gone i'm not gonna get, i'm not gonna get in trouble because you over here and something happened while you over here with me Baba, you know what I call it? I call that um you were the one the hood chose. Basically, yeah. Yeah. It's you know, um and that that's a fucked up place to be. And we don't really, oh we don't really get a chance to talk about that shit. And well, let's talk about it because you know, I think we are two kindred spirits here. <laughs> right? Um yeah. and it's not often that we get to talk about and here it goes, the guilt associated with being 
the one chosen by the hood. And people think it's like, well, you're the chosen one, God. You... No, these motherfuckers around here chose me because they don't like to do homework and read books. <laughs> hey, bruh, like I grew up in a library. My first job was in a library. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, and, and I was like, oh, this is all here? You know, you start putting the books away because that was my first job as a page, putting the books back. And you start seeing, oh, you know, you a teenager. There's all these books on sex, all these books on massage, all these books on psychology, all these historical books on these great leaders from around the world. Mm. Oh, my God. All this information. So I have a question, Baba. Was there a point um, in, in your life where you made it out? and started to feel guilty um no. never okay not about getting out no no not like survivor's remorse or anything like that no because i came up in the in the, the crack era of oh. la in the 80s and whatnot so it wasn't like a my perspective wasn't like um i survived that that's i've never lived had that perspective like i survived it I mean, I've always just walked and lived like I've been protected. Like, you know, I understand mm. who I am. I'm not better than anybody else. I don't fuck with folks that don't need to be fucked with. Even, you know, I, I you know, it's like I'm have moved through the, the energy in a way that I that I have been allowed. And I listen to spirit. You need to go home and poo. But I'm having. Oh, yeah. All right. And this is even since high school, you know, and I would go. And like if I got invited to the party, there'd be a fight. If I don't go to the party, no fight. Yeah. So I stopped going to a lot of the parties in high school because it was like when I went, it'd be, and it wouldn't be violence when I was there. I would go, I would feel the vibe changing. I would leave. Yeah, man, just after you left, it was a fight. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. And you start catching on, but I also was part of my first rites of passage coming out of high school where they really imbued upon us. You ain't survive. We created this space for some of you to be able to come through it so that you could turn around and not only give back, but lift and bring forward other brothers and sisters to enable us to remember who we are. Wow. To grow as human beings, to claim our place on this planet, and to work towards liberating ourselves and in the process of this liberation, connect with other freedom fighters from other communities so that we can all get free. And so I never felt that I survived because I'm still in it, I can't survive. You know, when a young brother in Brunswick, Georgia can't jog through the neighborhood and get, you know, chased down like a goddamn escaped slave and hunted, I ain't free. Baba, this is the way, I mean, for me, uh, you know, it was, you know, I, I got my first house. I'm sitting in here with my wife and my kids and yeah, I'm yeah. in the military and, you know, I'm going to work every day. And then I started having this mental breakdown. Uh-huh. And then when I would go to the, the therapist, right, and we're talking about it, this is exactly how she breaks it. She's like, oh, you feel guilty, right? And uh-huh. it was, you know my two, two best friends, right? One's yeah. still with us, right? Yeah. Uh, and the other one that I mentioned, and it, it starts becoming, I'm not exactly what you said. I know I'm not better than them. Right. I, I feel 
like they're an extension of me. But when we get on the phone, my life is this, uh-huh. right? And my my best friend is telling me he's pulling security for a pimp, right? You know yeah. what I mean? And th- those sort of situations is um while while it's uh while that may be a, a bit milder of the situations yeah. that he's been yeah. through, um no, it, it never felt good to to hear somebody that bled for you. Yeah. Go through them things. I mean, but, but here's the thing, though. We each have our shai, our, our, our destiny on mm. this planet connected to our choices. And the main thing is that for some of us that get a crown, you can't put a crown on a dirty head. Mm. And so I'm going to say that in a different way. My elders would say you can't. Putting a crown on a dirty head empowers wickedness. You, you know what? What what's really interesting too is um, and you know I got to go back to this. It it's not that his head was dirty. It's that, and my man pulled his, pulled my coat to this as well. It was that I, I had to learn to leave them alone and let them build their own crown. Right. And they, I'm not they, saying I'm not saying good or bad. I'm not saying good yeah. or bad, better than less than. I'm just and I'm not saying that his head being dirty. Not your friend. When people make choices, people make choices. Mm-hmm. And based on the destiny, you know, you do the best that you can with where you are and what you have. I know, but for the grace, there go I. That could have been me. Mm. You know, and give you an example. I had a homeboy. We had a dance crews because this is Los Angeles in the 80s. Middle artists, crack shit, whatever. I was with this group called the Naughty Boys. This other group that we had was called the Sex Jerks. Okay, along with some other groups. Buddy of mine, his father ran the, uh, was a famous musician, jazz musician. Right, and I right. played, I went to the studio, his studio. He was the son of the cat. And so he was also down with the Sex Jerks who ended up merging with the Rolling 60 Crips. And so he inadvertently started cripping. But this dude's dad is an internationally known jazz musician who mm. has a jazz you know, studio teaching jazz to the neighborhood kids. I was one of those kids. I played piano for like 12 years. So we was in the same spaces. He was in the same rites of passage program I was in. I did hear, um, you know, I watched some Vlad interviews. I can't, I can't remember the name. Who? Who? Glad? 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 Yeah, glad. I don't, I, don't, I don't fuck with glad, but I hear you. You know, <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, but um, I, I watch his interviews because of who he interviews. He seems to get. Yeah, I mean that's that's your music style. That's that's you. That's, <laughs> that's East, that Brooklyn. That's that Brooklyn, a, though. Yeah. So he he did talk. Um, he did talk to you know a big homie OG. You know he has a couple of those that frequent his shows. Yeah. And one of the things that um, that interview made me aware of was, oh, all of us didn't come from poverty. Uh, poverty. No. He mentioned how, you know, his family had money because they came from down south and they bought the house, right? And yep. th- this was where he blew my mind. He said, Compton at that time was not predominantly black. 
No, nope. it was actually it was a white suburb. Yeah, right. And I was like, yeah. "What? I I never knew this." Mm-hmm. So it it goes to that that mindset. Would you say looking at LA during the the crack era, knowing mm-hmm. that Compton has come through this transition of being suburbs? Yeah. They they let us take it over, uh-huh. and now we gotta come in full circle with things like gentrification. Yeah, um, and then mentioning as you you said earlier the crown on dirty heads. How much of our current predicament would you say was us just putting our foot in some shit? That's a hard question. Okay. <laughs> And so I'm going to answer it this way, that we have survived genocide, Mm. that across multiple generations, that's going to cause trauma. And when trauma across generations is unaddressed, it looks like culture. Hmm. Okay, so this is a a book, a brother wrote a book, I can't remember his name, it might be Grandma's Hands, Eresma. Menachem, where he talks about just the the community response to trauma. And so I cannot put blame on traumatized people who are just trying to survive, live, eat, and and reproduce and hold on to the little bit of humanity that they have in the line of these huge structures trying to crush them. Okay. Right. Now here's, here's the flip. Here's the flip. At the same time, we know that in the diaspora, we all have grown up as African because we know what Africa looks like. And those of us have had a time to see both sides. The issue is the same thing that happened to us here happened in Africa, but we're not talking about it like they lost their Africanness. But when we talk about us, we talk about we're not African. We don't have to say, you know, but most of us lived in places where all of our relatives live near us. We all went to similar things. And so how, but now here, because of the, and I'm going to say the, the Western infrastructure, how much of that damaged us to the point that we now look at what was our survival techniques, our traditions became looked at as a country, as lower than, less than. I don't, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to grow my own food. I don't ever want to work on a damn farm. I don't want to do no hard work ever, ever. See, that's a trauma response. That's a survivor of trauma response. Mm. So I'm not, so it's not that, I mean, it's like, I mean, so it's like, yeah, it's fucked up. And we made some very bad decisions collectively based on some of these things. But also we made many of those decisions because we was coming out of the most hellish trauma that has been inflicted on any people in the history of this planet. Mm. So I'm not saying it's fair, but also it's that at the same time, we have had come from that some of the most brilliant minds that have ever touched this planet. We, I mean, we are using this medium that was basically created by our ancestors to have this conversation. And most folk watching it don't know the interrelationship that makes that possible. Google Philip Emiogwali. He's an Igbo man, dubbed as the father of the internet. 
right? Yeah. For anybody with the listening. fact that the coltan, the very minerals that we need to communicate are only found not just in Africa, but in Congo. Mm. You know, one of the places that we say is the seat of where humanity began. So for me, it's, it's a, we are seeking to reclaim our, uh, the fullness of our humanity. I don't call people human beings. I'm a human becoming. Mm. Because my humanity is what has been stripped from me. And it's still under question. Because this settler colonial system is set up in such a way that many folks don't see. Again, the unique thing about being African-American, and I'm going to say it that way, it's a little different than Caribbean. Just I'm going to parse it for a moment. I want you to see is that I look at other Black people as my brothers and sisters. Mm. And I got to have you prove to me that that's not who you are. And even still, I'm going to try and treat you a different way. Okay, yeah. but now if you Bayesian, and I'm from Trinidad TNT. We go already talk shit to each other just because you Bayesian and I'm from I'm from TNT. Right. So off rip, off you know. So like, and we we can hear it, but sometimes we can look at you and we can see it. Mm. You know, it's like I think he I do this training. How just, just by the way he walked is that that's that's a Trini dude right there. Listen to what he say. Watch he go. And I know because like one of my best brothers is 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 a Trinidad Tobago. I went, I hung out, I hung out, I played with his family. And he's like, how you doing? I said, man, this is how my family is. I'm at home. He came out here to college. He hung out with me and my family. It was like he was raised in my mama's house. So that's what I mean. I know there's no difference because I've lived it. Right. There's However. <laughs> we joke about that all the time. Uh, my girlfriend came in the house. I was like, you're not going to wash your feet before you lay down in this bed? But you bringing dirty feet in the bed? <laughs> Oh, wait, you, you got outside clothes on in my bed, in the bedroom? Really? Really? Right. And then touching my shoes with outside clothes. Right. And then I'll play with her. I'll be like, you know what? It's okay. You only have Trinidadian. That's why you only have West Indian. It's not your fault. You know, and then people look at me like, where the hell are you from? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I grew up in Los Angeles, you know, the deep south of Los Angeles. <laughs> you know, because people don't understand. Right. That okay. that's the culture However, that people brought with them. Other people from Los Angeles that are actually from here, maybe two or three generations, like I am, they have not had the good fortune of having family, business owners, homeowners, every generation. Mm. I've had that every generation. We own businesses, you know, we have ran, we grew food as farmers, we owned a produce store. You know, so I mean, in addition to being preachers and all these other things that I've talked about. So the, the issue is that we remain connected to who we were. Gotcha. And that is the primary issue that most of us are dealing with, is that for many of us, we didn't hear the stories of our elders. And I know that for me, even among my cousins, the old people would tell me the stories. They would talk to me. I would listen. Some of my other cousins, they could have had access to the same information I did, but they weren't interested. Mm. And that's what that's what I mean. So it's not necessarily that we're here completely because we just didn't give a shit. It said, again, there's a time of light and a time of dark. 
And in a time of darkness, most of the work being done, you're not going to see. Mm. But there's work being done. And if you one of the folks doing the work, you know it because you see the other people in the darkness with you. That part. However, just because I don't see something don't mean it ain't happening. I mean, you could look right out in your garden and you could wherever you step out and you can see that. Most people don't really understand that what makes shit grow, you're not going to see. Mm. Because uh, it was uh, a roomy uh, a poem. He's talking about the coin stamping and how important, you know, the, the coin is the gold and it has the face of the emperor and all this and how important it is. And he said, yeah, well, that's important, but also the real work as usual, is being done by somebody working in, in the earth, in the ground. Because you don't get no coin unless somebody dig up the ore. <laughs> and so is, is, this the, is the coin the real value? Mm. Hmm. And so, you know, so we get into that whole thing and folks lose the, lose the lesson. Even down to, uh, so we got, you know, the, the circle back to the pearls before swine. <laughs> you got a uh, What's my man's, uh, they, they called him uh, Yeshua ben Judah ben Pantera, who uh, many of y'all know would, would call Jesus. Right. Uh, he is quoted as saying, I came to bring you meat, but I must give you milk. Mm. Because he didn't want to do what? Cast his pearls for a swine. For a swine. You're not ready. Truth out of season bears no fruit. So let me just give you what you could take. Because I could give it to you, but what you going to do with it? But what, but what, but what? <laughs> Listen, you know what? why that's so true, Baba? Um, you know, you know that I'm a, a practitioner of Silat. Yeah. And Silat is a, a bladed art. Yeah. I couldn't have known this in high school, right? Uh -huh. I couldn't have known this even while I was in the military for the two years I was in Okinawa. Yeah. That, right? Lance Corporal Phillips should not have known those things. They give me the best martial arts system for me at that time. Yeah. Punch, kick, throw. Right. Here, here's the little bit of knife work you get. Uh-huh. Right? But now at the stage where I'm at, I'm not sure. Looking back at it, I'm not sure that guy's ego might have done something different, right? Yeah, that guy's that guy's sense of self or his lack of value might have caused him to done something different with the information. So I definitely see where you're going with that. Yeah, you know, and you know, and it's not to take anything away from anybody that's doing good, honest work. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? That we need everybody, right? We need, and I don't look at what I do as better than anybody else at all. You know, that I come from the, the perspective of uh, my sister friend is a, a, a from Hawaii, and she talks about her ohana, which uh, loosely, you know, because of uh, Lilo and Stitch and all that, you get, oh, ohana means family. And it does. But really, what ohana means is uh, those who work together. Mm. So it's a community. So, you know, it's um, when you get into how deep and interrelated it is, it's that, you know, well, your job is important. But if we have the fish, you know, that, you know, that we take that we care of and we let the fish in and out 
there's a person who has to swim out to the gate and just pull the pin out, which allows the gates to open and then puts the pin back. Okay. That is the most important person in the village. Because mm. we don't eat if that person don't do their job. Okay. So question, Baba. Uh-huh. How do we get to the place where we are comfortable networking, reaching out, getting to know people? Because I can't tell you how many business ventures I've had where that was the, the, the obstacle, right? The amount of us that don't like, well, you know, I'm not going to no business part. What you mean 10%? I got to give you 10%. I'm like, listen, man, 10% of zero is zero, mm-hmm. right? So what, what advice do you have for, you know, brothers and sisters and people who maybe they don't like networking, maybe they're in that isolating space and that may be affecting, you know, not only their success, but the lack of community they may feel, their mental health, different issues. What advice do you have for those people? First off is uh, you know, know who you are in the best way that you can. So that may mean therapy. It may mean some other things. But, you know, find, do your self-care. The other thing is that if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. Mm. So if you're seeking to level up, that means you got to do different shit. You can't do shit the same way you did. No, and it doesn't have to be analytics. You know, you can start small. One thing, one thing, because that's the way we teach. That's the way I teach Tai Chi. That's the way you learn C-Lot. Okay, we're going to do this technique. Okay, all right, now it connects to this one. Okay, you got that one piece down. Okay, good. Now, this is the next piece after that. So I can teach somebody how to rotate their wrists. And they're like, what is this for? I say, well, this helps with the neural networks. This helps with keeping the wrist open and fluid. They say, okay, well, now what we're going to do is we're going to teach you how to get out of a hold when somebody grabs your wrist. They say, well, what are we going to do? You're going to do this. Say, well, I've been doing that the last six months. So you should be good at it then. Right. You know, and now we're going to show you how that connects to the larger series of movements and relationships. We, We build on the success. And so if you stay consistent with the basics and you slowly build when the opportunity presents itself, you can expand at the right time, but you got to pay attention. I mean, there's a lot that you got to do, mm. but I like to keep it simple. Keep it simple. Can I do this? All right. Where do I need help? Okay. So follow-up question. Yes, sir. Young brother, young sister wants to work with Bobby and Pooh. They got this million dollar business idea, right? Okay. It gives them the best chances of succeeding in working with you. First off, is it written down? And then, frankly, is that are you a person of integrity and good character? Mm -hmm. Because that is, in terms of all the years that I have done, that's all that I've been working on and cultivating. And that comes right out of the teachings of Patahotep. A person of good character is a person of wealth. Mm. Period. So So, let's dig a little bit deeper on that one. Good character, integrity. Uh, uh-huh. because Baba, you know me, I, 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 I love the fact that, you know, we've gotten to a place, uh, where as a culture, we say these words, but I also acknowledge 
that sometimes when we say them, they have no meaning because <laughs> <laughs> you get where I'm going. They've been said yeah, yeah. so much. So when you say uh, character integrity, right? I know yeah. we are sitting down in temple and this isn't an Ifa sermon. So we, you know, but let, let's dig, dig deep into that one. What, what is character? What is integrity? Okay, well, so integrity is simply put is just doing what you say you're gonna do. Mm. And my, my grandfather had a saying, which was just, you know, stand on something. Stand on it. If you're wrong, admit it. Make up for it, and then stand on that. Mm. Again, I'm, I'm people keep it simple. Keep it simple. Now, good character is the thing that if ain't nobody watching you. What you gonna do? Okay. If somebody is at a point in the community where the community sees them as lesser than you, how do you treat them? Mm. Someone who's greater than you, how do you treat them? Somebody who's at your level, how do you treat them? If there is differences in how you treat them, you got shit for character. Mm. You I should be I, able to treat you the same regardless of who you are, how much money you make, and all this other external bullshit. The way I treat you differently is, what have you done for the people? What have you done for the community? You know why I asked you this question? Yes, sir. Um, I was on the phone with another teacher of mine, uh, whom you know, right? Mm -hmm. so, so you already know who I'm talking about. Um, and, you know, we were talking about over the years, I've seen people, I've seen him teach many people, mm -hmm. right? And I've seen people come around and hover mm -hmm. um, and hover because of who he is and the uh, abundance around him. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I asked him the other day, I said, Baba, for all of the people that you taught how to make money, right? And for everyone that you taught how to do this and that, uh, who has come to you with a business plan and says, said to you, Baba, I have a plan on how I can help you make some money. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. And he sat there and he said, not one person. Huh. I said, well, I got a plan on how I can help you make some money. Because... Is, is understanding, I, I had to come to this understanding. None of my teachers are training me to be less than they are or than they were. Right. They're training me so I can be a partner, a team member. And that means showing up with opportunities, showing up with respect. But the same way that I would present this opportunity to my junior, to my peer, is the same way that I need to be presenting it to him. So I'm, I'm glad that we had this conversation because I'm, I'm going to cut this off as a clip. I'm going to send this to him and we're going <laughs> to propagate this through the community. Get your shit together before you go hovering around the people above you thinking that you're going to get them to work with you. Just make sure it's on point. Yeah. Got to. Character, integrity, uh, and in the spirit of wrapping about Baba, is there anything that you would like to leave us with? Anything you would like to leave the people with? Well, frankly, you know, I, uh, I'm grateful for this opportunity. Thank you for even asking me to be here. 
Of course. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm honored. And I would really want folks to, you know, take care of your body. Mm. Okay. And that includes your brain. So that means that's going to be in therapy for some of my all. Fuck that. Everybody need therapy. <laughs> that. If you're in the diaspora, if you're in Africa, if you're surviving around any aspect of settler colonialism, you're going to need some therapy. So if you're breathing, you need some therapy. Yeah. Just plain and simple. And beyond that, you know, there are, you know, places you can go, things you can do. Get, get you some meditation, get you some quiet time, mm. get you some sunlight. Learn the things that you like to do for you, little things that are fun and ain't don't cost no money. Mm. You know, I like to go swing on the swings. I'm gonna talk real shit. You know, just not be but not with my children. You know, I try, no, no, I ain't pushing nobody. No, I'm going on the swing. You want to give me the kick? I'll show you. You know, and I mean, I mean you're too big now, but also to really get that vibe in. I like, you know, the stuff that I like. I like going to the beach. Mm. So for me, not because we go, we go walk and it's going to be sweet. We're going to hold hands and sunset. Fuck that. I like going to the beach and getting my toes sprinkled with the water and the, the mist coming over me. Or I like the feeling of shea butter rubbed across my skin. You know, so know those things about yourself. Mm. Don't take being in a relationship to know those things. That part right there. Okay. And more importantly, practice a mantu or martial arts, self-defense art. It will teach you things about yourself beyond the physical. You'll be able to build your understanding of situational awareness, spatial awareness, how you move through space. Mm -hmm. And I would say get a breathing practice or a breathing exercise. You through none of it doesn't have to be qigong. Doesn't I mean although that's a little more accessible than yoga, but still, either of those things. It's from our culture. There is no spirituality, religion on the planet that forbids them. None. Mm. Okay. And, you know, I say that because I look at uh, Salat. You, you practice Salat. Yes. Okay. Well, Salat is a prayer practice. Yeah. And we definitely have breathing techniques. and no, Exactly. And so you understand very clearly what I'm saying. All of that. All of that. So get that in your life. Read a book. Not just some damn magazine or some shit on the internet. You know, turn these machines off for a while. Go outside. You know, read a book. Get your put your hands in the earth. And I'm gonna get real wild and say, when you have an opportunity, as much as you can, wear the suit that God gave you and get as much sunlight on it as you can. Go get a window seat. Hey, you see me? It's nothing but windows here, <laughs> and it's, it's that way for a reason. So that I can do just that. So my organization, Kemetic Our Heart and Smile Association, we teach about Kemet. We teach about Kemet's relationship to today, not just this historic stuff, how to orient and align your body with the cosmos in ways that are healing and beneficial for you. If any of the things I've said or any of this shit interests you, you want to check it out, learn more, you got us on our social media, Casa Aha. You can check that shit out. I know he's going to hook it up in the, the down here and shit. So Definitely. that's just available. You know, we, we have a fast, four, community fast, four times a year. And I, in preparation for it, I do, uh, I, I, do, I have my IG and my, my YouTube that I use to talk about, you know, why fasting is important, what its use is traditionally and culturally. 
and the shift from season to season, how that impacts the body, the body organs, the organ systems, the systems connected to healing, because so many of us are still dying from preventable diseases. And hip hop should be one of the main reasons that we do this. I am hip hop. I may look like you see this white. I love hip hop. I am hip hop, just like you. And so if you're into hip hop the way I'm into hip hop, then you need to live right. Mm. You need to get your life together. Hip hop is about being hip, right? In other words, in the flow of the movement, being aware of what's happening going around you. And the hop has to deal with the physical aspect of moves. You got to move your body. And you got to eat right and live right because we ain't slaves no more. We was never slaves. Right. Mm. Frankly, that was that's a whole different thing. We were, they tried to enslave us, but as Fannie Lou Hamer said, we never accepted that. We never accepted it. That's why they still scared. Always. So that's what I mean about read a book. You know, mm. learn about our history, our culture, who we are, where we come from, because we got to teach our children. You can't depend on your oppressor to educate you. Message. <laughs> so, you know, get out there. And, you know, I put out stuff all the time. I've been doing this work for the last 30 years, you know, and that's, you know, under this, this aegis. But I've been doing this work since I was about 12 years old. Mm. You know, so this is like all I have ever known, mm. ever. And and so, you know, for, for, and I have to say it that way because there are people that, you know, may, that have known me since I was 12 that'll tell you. Yeah, he'd been on that African shit a long time. He'd been on that black shit a long time. Just that's that was my dude. But you know, that's that's just that's you know, because we gotta think like we free people. Mm. That's so that's what I would say is the main thing. You know, act like you if, if you free, then act like it. And that should have impact in your business, in your relationships. Another, because that means that you're able to understand what consent means. That means you're able to understand how to communicate, what to communicate, where the questions are, where the issues and dramas are, and to not run from the real conversation that needs to happen because you're free. And that means you take responsibility. Mm. And that's what I would say is the main thing that we got to work with. I don't care what your rights are. What's your responsibilities? What's your relationship? How are you accountable? Mm. And that will tell you what's happening. And then you'll know for you brothers out there, whether you're dealing with a man or not. Sisters, you know whether you're dealing with a woman and are you accountable? Are you responsible? You know, at whatever level of life you are in, mm. take advantage of it, grow, expand. Because again, when you see me again, I may not be this same dude. Matter of fact, I tell you right now, I'm not going to be this same dude because I'm being a different place, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun because this, this brother here has allowed me to cuss and do all the shit that I would normally do personally, that most times when I'm in these interviews, I'm very, I'm energetically the same, but language wise, it's not like we having the same kind of conversation we normally have. Right. I want y'all to see I'm very grateful for that opportunity and to be able to be fully present 
And the one thing I would offer y'all is our people were the people that brought civilization to this planet. Mm. So you can't say that you being white or you being all this other bullshit. We are the people that set the standard for what science was, for what art, religion, whatever it is that you think is important to you, we set the standard for that shit. And I don't mean by old standard, old, I mean like right now. Why you think people ain't looking at TikTok the way they were looking at TikTok? Because black creatives have said, we ain't doing that shit no more. Mm-hmm. That's why it ain't been no hype. Look, we, the engine and the fuel that feeds this machine is our creativity and culture and energy and business. And so if we think like free people, then we're not going to just continue to give that to them. They're going to have to pay. Peace. Thank you, Baba, for an amazing uh, episode. Now the rest of y'all, go be great. Peace. 